Welcome to Journey Church Tucson Sermon Podcast. We are an evangelical free church seeking to honor God by making disciples that learn about, love like, and live like Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. Hey, good morning, Journey Church and all of our guests, friends, relatives. So good to have you here this morning. You've chosen to be in a very good place on Christmas morning. You know, it's been for hundreds of years that faithful believers didn't, didn't not matter what day December 25th fell on, um, for the faithful believers, the faithful church, there would be a gathering. And for faithful believers, the Christ's Mass was not a family holiday first and foremost. It was a Jesus-centered church holiday. And so how cool is it when it actually falls on a Sunday morning, and we have no excuse but to celebrate the Christ Mass as have centuries of uh, brothers and sisters in Christ before us. I want you to consider this of the Christ Mass. In Psalm 104, it actually says that the creator of the universe is so vast and immense and powerful that he literally has to stoop to behold creation, the entire cosmos that we cannot even fathom or measure or find the end of. That the creator himself literally has to stoop in order to behold the very cosmos that he created. And that same very creator, God, would give up the independent use of his divine infinite attributes to enter time and space in that cosmos on a very tiny little speck of dust. And he would come as a human baby and limit himself for a season to a, to a child, an infant's brain, and an infant's body, that Messiah himself, God's anointed one, would have to actually learn and discover and remember who he was and who, where he was from. That this would actually take place in Jesus of Nazareth's life. That he would walk our streets, eat our food, breathe our air, drink our water, feel our thirst, experience our pain and our suffering, live a perfect life. And then in the end, at age somewhere around 33, die a perfect atoning death for the sins of the world. Tempted in all points, yet without sin, he's our great high priest And he is to be worshipped here this morning. Can I just tell you, though, that he did more than come for a cradle. And he did more than just come for a cross. What was he doing in between the cradle and the cross? This is fascinating and mind-blowing. This is the words of Jesus in the high priestly prayer. John 17, where he says, I glorified you having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And what's so fascinating about that is that's before he dies on the cross. Jesus passed a kind of finish line that he, he speaks of in the prayer in the upper room. What was that finish line? In between the incarnation and the atoning cross, what is the work that he can say, I've done it? Well, it's what we've been studying in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus was making and uh, inspiring and encouraging and training and correcting strong 
resilient disciples. That they would flourish, not just for themselves, but they would be so strong, resilient, and flourishing that they would be there to pass the baton along to generation after generation after generation so that you and I could have the gospel here on Christmas morning, December 25th, 2022. 9,000 years or 9,000 miles away from where he was born and where he was crucified. That Jesus came to make disciples even before he died in our place. My Christmas experience most years, uh, for whatever reason, I wake up early without an alarm clock. And for whatever reason, it's perhaps my favorite day to reflect on who I am as his disciple. What has taken place throughout the year. And there are many years that I'm going, wow, who am I that God has brought me thus far? In the words of King David of Israel. But many other years, I sit there and go, what the heck? Look who I haven't become. Look what I haven't done. Look at the hardships. This has been a hard year. You ever have years like that? It just so happens to be on Christmas morning many years for me. That even as I pursue the paths of walking with Jesus and and being his disciple, I go, man, this is a hard journey. And I don't know if I'm cutting it. I don't know if if 2022, this was supposed to be for me a year of spiritual formation, a year that I was going to read all the books by Dallas Willard and preach the Sermon on the Mount. And while I've enjoyed it and I've loved it, I didn't get through all the books. And I'm not quite sure that I've become all that... Jesus wants to me to become this year. How about you? What's your year been like? Have you had some wins, losses, failures, setbacks, transitions, and you're kind of spinning and going, God, I don't know if I'm cutting it. I don't know if I'm making the grade here on Christmas morning. What a great time to consider that and think about that. Let me ask you, wouldn't it be lovely to actually know that regardless of the outcomes, no, regardless of what it's, it feels like for you, regardless of what kind of success you've had in, in following Jesus and being the godly husband or wife, mother or father, uh, son or daughter, and you're wondering, am I cutting it? Wouldn't it be wonderful to be grounded to know these are just the storms of life? And if I can't have any other guarantee, I know this, that that I am right where God wants me to be. Is it possible in the midst of lives that are filled with, with failures and losses, wouldn't it be wonderful to know that they're just the scenery on the path to ultimate victory? Would you like that assurance? Because I think that that's what our scripture this morning is all about. From the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' capstone statement. Anyone who hears these words of mine and does them shall be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. That no matter what the circumstances of life and how the year turned out for you, you can know, yeah, but I'm building on the rock and we're going to get there. Wouldn't that be just a great confidence to have? 
And that's what we'll want to look at here this morning. This, this commandment to, to hear and do is at the tail end of a, of a threefold warning and a threefold commandment as Jesus wraps up all of the teachings in his Sermon on the Mount. The threefold commandment is this first, enter, enter, narrow gate and hard way that leads to life. Enter it. He commands it. He loves us. He wants us to be in eternity with him. So please enter. Second warning is beware. Beware of both false prophets. And then last week, beware of false religion. All that goes by the name Christian is not Christ-centered. And then finally this morning, do. Do. Don't just hear, but do. Now before we go any further, I want to warn you, um, because we are notorious for, for putting everything in the category of am I saved? Am I forgiven? Will I go to heaven when I die? Oh no, I've got to do the Bible. I've got to do the Law and the Prophets. I've got to do all of the Sermon on the Mount, or obviously I don't make the cut. And I want you to hear this from the very words of Christ. John's Gospel, John chapter 6, he was being challenged by some individuals saying, what must we do to be doing the works of God? And Jesus responds to them, and I want you to hear this, that, that salvation, forgiveness of sins, to be adopted in the family of God is not adoption via obedience and proving it and earning it. But Jesus said, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. So step one is poverty of spirit. I don't, I don't got it. I can't measure up. I haven't earned it. I, can't, I could never do it. And here's the good news, that the soul of Christianity is not a big do, but a big done. This is what Jesus said on the cross. It is finished, paid in full. And he asks us first and foremost, believe and receive. What is the sermon then? The sermon is an invitation into the new path of life. Your new identity as a child of God. The kingdom virtues, the, 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 the values that rule the kingdom of God. The hard path that leads to a life of flourishing despite the storms of life. Let's read them again. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the blue winds blew and beat on that house. Why? Because storms happen to everyone. But it did not fall because it was founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. No doubt it's a beautiful house as well. And by the way, beachside property is expensive and it affords us wonderful views. But it's very unwise to build there regardless. And the rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. And great was its destruction or the fall of it. First thing I wanted you just to see here as we, we uh, move our way into this text is, is Jesus saying these words of mine. And in context, 
What's he talking about? He's talking about chapters 5 through 7, the Sermon on the Mount. But I also want to remind you that in the Sermon on the Mount, two times Jesus talks about all the law and the prophets. And in fact, after he says that the first time in chapter 5, verse 17, do not think that I came to abolish the law and the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill them. And then he goes on to explain, to re-explain, to interpret the author's original intent of all the law and the prophets from Genesis to Malachi. And fascinating how he says, you have heard it said, but I tell you, this is Jesus saying, I know the traditions of the scribes and the Pharisees. The law and the prophets, God's spiritual and moral commandments had been twisted and tortured to fit mankind's corrupt religion. And Jesus was come coming and teaching to reestablish the truth of his original intent. And it's fascinating that the sermon covers every major spiritual and moral concern throughout the entirety of the scriptures. Humility, meekness, mercy, purity, kindness, mission and priority, the gospel, sexual wholeness and chastity, marriage and fidelity, character and integrity, sincere spirituality and authenticity, financial stewardship and generosity, faith versus anxiety, kindness, love and forgiveness. It covers everything. Jesus says, whoever hears these words of mine and does them will be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The first point that I'd like you to consider, if you're taking notes, you might want to write this down, um, but it's something we might not uh, necessarily catch at first glance, but I want you to hear this. Too often we read the sermon as if it's merely an impossible standard to bring us to humility and beg for mercy, which is a very good thing. However, when Jesus ends the sermon with this statement, you hear these words of mine and do them, you're like a wise man. And here's the, the, the line. The sermon is not only hearable, learnable, it's doable. Jesus says that it is possible and it's actually expected. So we don't just go, wow, that's such a high moral principle. Whoa, who can do it? I'll be poor in spirit. I'll plead mercy. I will um, punt to the atonement. And the reality is, is Jesus is not punting to the atonement. He's saying, my apprentices, my disciples, my faithful followers are ones who actually hear and do all that I've said. So those who say, well, that's just who I am, are wrong. And those who make excuses for their bad behavior are wrong. Those who blame their poor behavior and lack of obedience on their personality, Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, uh, strengths finder are wrong. Those who claim they just cannot change are wrong. We're notorious for taking all these things and then just chalking them up to grace, putting them in the category of forgiveness of sins and the atonement and election and, and wonderful doctrines and write ourselves a pass. 
and say, yeah, I'm a believer and I'm a child of God, but I'm not that much of a disciple. And that's just simply not the way of Christ. Dallas Willard says this in The Divine Conspiracy. That may seem like a dream to us today, the idea that we could actually become apprentices of Jesus. Or it may even be perceived as a threat to our current vision of the Christian hope, indeed, of our personal hope. But that is only because we live in a time when consumer Christianity has become the accepted norm and all-out engagement with and in Jesus' kingdom among us is regarded as just one option people may take if it suits them, but probably as somewhat overdoing it. By contrast, the biblical pattern is, from the beginning to the end, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. So it makes sense in Luke's version of this teaching, Jesus is cited as saying in Luke 6, 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? It's as if not only is he saying it's possible, but I expect you to actually learn to do these things. It's possible to live the sermon, and guess what? It's also possible to pass them along to another generation of disciples. We're going to be looking in the new year at the Great Commission and in the Great Commission, it's not to go out and make converts. It's to go out to make disciples. And in the words of Jesus, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded. To observe is to actually do. So it's possible, it's expected, and it's transferable. That we could actually train others to walk in these paths of life. As difficult as they may be. That they could also walk in paths of life in experience flourishing. Here's the second idea. And I just love this, how here in chapter 7, Jesus has so many, and it's a big word, binary. By two. You got, it's just so simple. It's one or the other. We can, we can say there's the middle ground, there's four chairs, five chairs. Um, there's, there's all these, and in pastoral theology and, and looking at people's lives and helping them grow, sometimes we're going, man, this is messy. But Jesus makes it so clear that there are only, in the end, two kinds of people and only two kinds of options. My choice is simple, my path is clear, and the outcome is certain. There's, there's no stuttering in Matthew chapter 7. First off, it's simple. The choices are exactly two. And over and over again, two gates, two paths, two crowds, two destinations, two kinds of prophets, two kinds of religion, and then this morning, two kinds of builders, two foundations and two outcomes. The two kinds of builders, there's the wise, this is the word phronomos in the Greek, thoughtful, prudent, cautious, mindful of one's interests, thinking about choices. And then foolish is moros, where we get the word moron. And it means dull or stupid, blockheaded or heedless. They're reckless. And I am either one or the other. The choice is simple. The path is clear in what we are to do. We are to hear and do. Lots of hearers in the world, lots of evaluators, lots of connoisseurs of theological ideas, lots of connoisseurs of scriptures, favorite scriptures and less than favorite scriptures connoisseurs of church services and preachers i like him i don't like him i liked it i didn't like it but listen in the end jesus says that the path is clear we are to hear the word 
and we are to obey the word. We are to hear and learn the rhythms of the Sermon on the Mount in the scriptures and the very life of Jesus. You want to know what you see both in the Sermon on the Mount and in the life patterns of Jesus, our master. You want to know what we see in the paths of discipleship? Jesus, who did not need to grow as a disciple. He's a perfect man. We see this, silence, solitude, prayer, fasting, service, celebration. Silence, solitude, prayer, fasting, service, celebration. Silence, solitude, prayer, fasting, service, celebration. Rinse, wash, repeat. You see Jesus doing this consistently and teaching his disciples how to do this consistently. And this is where we discover the wisdom, the insight, the strength, the resilience to actually hear and do the words of Jesus. Simple, clear, and certain. Certain meaning the outcomes of this binary equation cannot be gamed. They cannot be short-circuited. You cannot get to there from here. You must do the words of Jesus. They're going to lead to some very clear and guaranteed conclusions. This cannot be undone. I love this, uh, the final verse. He taught them as one who had authority, not as their scribes. The word in the Greek is exousia. And what that word means is power, legal right, jurisdiction. Why? Because his words weren't the mere words of a rabbi, a human rabbi. They were the words, the very words of God himself. So what we do with his teaching not only determines our paths of life, it will determine our destination, our destiny, the path I choose, the rhythms of grace in discipleship, if you will, that I embrace or reject will either lead me to great joy or the, their lack will lead me into tragic sorrow. And this cannot be undone. This is the path of flourishing. Finally, what we discover in this final text is this, that I am to begin with the end in mind, knowing that the storms of life and the storms of final judgment will test my structure and expose my foundation. So I'll begin with the end in mind. What am I going to do this afternoon? What am I going to do tonight? What am I going to do tomorrow morning? What am I going to do Tuesday morning? The rest of this year and on into 2023, what rhythms of life will I choose that I might not only be hearing the words of Jesus, but be his apprentice and be doing the words of Jesus? I want you to know the, notice this exact parallel words, perfectly parallel. Matthew 7, 25, the rains fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. Verse 27, about a different builder. And the rains fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house. Exact same storms. Here's the takeaway. There's no special blessing of circumstances in this world. Saint and sinner alike, listen man, life is just going to be hard. It's just going to be hard. Sorry, wrecked your day. Merry Christmas. It's hard. 
And, and you know what? You go, well, 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 but you can ask him and he'll give us stuff and he gives us inner, inner peace. Sure. But how about this? Counterbalance, you get persecution as well. Both satanic, spiritual, supernatural persecution and earthly, flesh and blood, human persecution. Rather than the path of least resistance. You add storms. You offset a few, but you get a lot more. But guess what? It's hard for everyone, and your choice is go it alone. Go as ag agnostic or atheist, or go with Christ. Storms are going to come. I just, I'm, I'm stunned every year during hurricane season. Again and again and again, Florida, right? Let's build on that beach. <laughs> and the beach is like 300 yards out, and by the time it hits the evening news, the pylons under the house are exposed and half the house is breaking off into the ocean. But they're going to rebuild. They're going to do it again. Again and again and again. Just like foolish people when it comes to being disciples of Jesus. Life is crazy hard. But can I also tell you that death and judgment will be even harder. Right? That's why a lot of people want to keep living even when life storms are so brutal. I mean, I got cancer, but I want to do what? What do I need to do to live, Doc? You know, so many hard things, but death is even harder. And the reality is, is that in these words, Jesus is not only talking about the storms that everyone experiences but in this life, but also the storms of judgment that every human being who has ever lived will stand before God himself. Jesus said in Mark 9, 49, everyone will be salted with fire. He's talking about final judgment. The writer of Hebrews says, and just as it has been appointed for man to die once, after that comes judgment. And the time to prepare for that judgment is now. This is why James, the brother of Jesus, said these words at the beginning of his epistle. Be doers of the word, not merely hearers only deceiving themselves if anyone's a hearer in the, in of the word and not a doer he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror for he looks at himself and goes away and forgets what he looks like but the one who looks into the perfect law the law of liberty and perseveres being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts listen to this promise he will be blessed in his doing that is called flourishing Bottom line for our message here this morning is this, true and lasting flourishing. Flourishing in this life and flourishing in death and the judgment. True and lasting flourishing is in doing and not just hearing. Remember, not work salvation. That's done. We are invited to believe and receive. But listen, why in the world would you miss out on the greatest adventure, the greatest opportunity have a life of meaning and purpose, mission and impact, influence and flourishing. Why would you turn from that when Jesus has so much more for us? Silence, solitude, prayer, fasting, service, celebration. Silence, solitude, prayer, fasting, service, that's not going to a church service. That's serving the Lord. 
serving fellow man, serving them with the gospel in evangelism, serving them with the gospel in discipleship. And yes, celebration, a foretaste of glory to vine. This is what Christ did in his life here on earth. This is what he taught his disciples. This is what he's called us to in the Sermon on the Mount. True and lasting flourishing in the doing, not just in the hearing. Let me ask you, what do you think you need in order to make progress up that path of discipleship in this coming year? What is it that you need? What, what do you need from me, from, from Tyler, from the elders, from your small group leaders? What do you need to stop making excuses, to say, God, I want all that you have for me in 2023? Do you need a mentor? Do you need a discipler? Do you need a small group? Do you need better or more consistent spiritual practices like silence, solitude, prayer, fasting, service, and celebration? What is it? Do you need a kick in the pants? Do you need a word of encouragement? Do you need a cup of cold water? Please let me know. What is the local church? What are pastors, equippers of the saints to do the work of the ministry? to encourage you in and on and up that hard and difficult but life-giving path that he has for us of doing, not just hearing. Let's end with this. When Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished. You know what the word means in the Greek? Blown away, as if they were dumbstruck with a, with a fist-punch uppercut. Like, oh, he rung their bell. They were stunned. May we always be stunned and overwhelmed with the words and teachings of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And may we always come under his exousia, the rightful Lord and master of the universe, to come under his lordship and say, yes, Lord, I both hear and I'm all about doing as well. Men and women of Journey Church, I hope this teaching from Matthew, this Sermon on the Mount, has been as much of a blessing and life-changing experience for you as it has been for me. May we continue to be blown away by the authoritative words and teachings of Jesus as we finish out this year, 2022, and go into a brand new year of adventure, 2023. Amen? Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for your son, what a great gift here on the Christ's Mass 2022. Thank you for his atoning death, but Lord, also thank you for his life example, his inspirational and instructive teaching. Thank you that he did not pull any punches, but hit us full steam ahead, called us into obedience, called us to a life of action, and impact. Oh, Father, forgive us for thinking less than, than uh, of our, our walk with you than what you have called us to and help us to engage it with all of our hearts, no matter what our, our uh, daily profession or occupation, be it a single uh, female or a single male or a, a, a young mother or uh, an accountant or a doctor or a banker or a retiree or a minister, pastor, 
that whatever it is, wherever we find ourselves, that we would be that salt and light on that narrow, difficult path that leads to life and flourishing. We give you ourselves in our church at the end of this year, and we do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Journey Church Tucson Sermon Podcast. We'd love to have you join us in person on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. You can find out more about us at journeyefc.org.